This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. This is Fresh FM, your community access radio station. Broadcasting across the top of the south in Nelson, Tasman on 104.8, Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, Blenheim on 88.9 and the Nelson CBD on 107.2 and streaming to the planet through our website freshfm.net. Welcome to our show, Heads Up, brought to you by the Brain Injury Association, Top of the South, with help from the Neurological Foundation, playing Thursday mornings following the BBC News at 9am. Special mention to our fantastic sponsors, the Nelson Clinic, and of course, Fresh FM for making this show happen. If you like any information about the support groups or the services they provide at the Brain Energy Association, please call Emma on 03 for any help, or head to braininjury.nz. Please keep in mind the COVID restrictions while attending groups. It is up to everyone to scan in and wear a mask to and from each group meeting. Please do not come if you have any signs of cold and or flu, or have recently travelled to an area where community COVID cases are present. Thank you. December groups are as follows. Each Tuesday at the Deck Cafe, 70 Beach Road, Tahunanui at 10.30am. Thursday 2nd of December, there will be a much waker group support held at the Coast Cafe at the Mochwaker Wharf from 10.30am. On Friday the 3rd of December, we are meeting at Lambretta's Cafe at 10.30, followed by a short walk around the cathedral where we will check out the Christmas tree on display, including a very own member made by the Brain Injury Association. On Friday the 10th of December, we're holding our Christmas lunch at the Honest Lawyer from 10.30. Due to COVID restrictions, there are very limited numbers. You must RSVP to Emma if you wish to attend. Please contact her on 03-546-6656 by Friday the 3rd of December. Members are $10 per head. Non-members are 15 per head. The BIA office will shut down on the Christmas period from the 20th of December, opening again on Wednesday, the 5th of January. We wish you all a safe and merry Christmas holiday with family and friends. For more information around our support groups, check out our calendar on our website, braininjury.nz, or our Facebook page, Brain Injury, T-O-T-S, or give us a call at 03 
0800-546-6656. We're very excited to announce the Neurological Foundation will be collaborating with us on the show and providing some amazing content. We'll have interviews with renowned doctors and scientists and information and education. A little bit about the Neurological Foundation, if you're unaware, uh, is a New Zealand charity that funds vital research and ongoing education into neurological conditions, which includes diseases and disorders of the brain, spine and nerves. The Foundation's sole focus is to work towards the treatment, management and prevention of the neurological conditions by funding research and education. One in five New Zealanders suffers from a neurological condition. A little bit around the Brain Injury Association and what we do is we provide advocacy for people, support, information and education to the top of the south. We help people navigate the health system after having a brain injury, which can be really hard work. Uh, we also have a membership and support groups that we run weekly. These are a great way for people to keep socialising and just to have support. You do not have to have a brain injury to come to these support groups. You can also be a family member living alongside brain injury because you also need some support too. Both the Brain Injury Association and the Neurological Foundation are not-for-profits and need your ongoing support to continue help people in our community. Head to these websites if you wish to donate. Braininjury.nz or neurological.org.nz. Hi there, it's Kelly Bain here from the Neurological Foundation. Um, thanks again to the Brain Injury Association, Top of the South, for giving us some time on this segment. And we are here today with a lovely weather with Associate Professor Stephanie Hughes. We're going to have two segments with. Steph, the first one is we're going to talk about brain, the Brain Health Research Centre. Uh, she is the director of the Brain Health Research Centre, so we're going to spend some time talking about that. And in our next segment, we'll talk about the research that she's currently doing and also what she has done in the past. Um, so welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Kelly. I also probably need to say that we're sitting outside with four dogs and a few sheep on Steph's property. So if we hear some noises in the background, well, you know what you say, you can't work with children or animals, so we're trying <laughs> our best. So if you can tell us, um, for people who don't know, what is the Brain Health Research Centre? So the Brain Health Research Centre, or the BHRC, is one of a number of research centres at the University of Otago, funded by the university, to promote both research and outreach um, to the, the community around Dunedin but also wider in the South Island. Right, so it's quite similar to the Neurological Foundation really where we have a dual mandate. Ours is funding the research and doing outreach, education and awareness. So you are conducting said research but also doing the awareness and the outreach for yeah, it. That's right, yeah. So it's a pan department, isn't it? There's not just one Yeah, discipline. so we have about 10 different departments across two divisions at the university, um, and now about 65 research labs involved, Gee. as well as all the, the students and researchers from those labs. Okay. Um, that's busy. Oh, sorry, just a dog wanting some attention. Um, that's a bit busy then. It is, yeah. And how do you all work together? Like, how do you, or do you work together? Or is it quite... So we come together for research seminars. Um, specifically, we promote early career researchers and give them the opportunity to speak 
okay. um, both within the university and also outside okay. with the help of Neurological Foundation. Um, we have early career prizes, we have poster sessions, um, and we encourage them through the Emerging um, Neuroscientists Group, mm -hmm. which is um, part of the BHRC to so go out and uh, into schools and promote brain research in their, okay. their passions. And it's not, so you're saying uh, really looking after the Otago and Southland community, but we're talking predominantly to our mem the listeners here at the top of the South and the South Island. You go as far as there sometimes, don't we you? We have, yeah. Um, and I suppose the University of Otago has a Wellington campus, so they would probably, that's where they'd provide their research from. Exactly, yeah. We've got a small base up in, in Wellington. Okay. Um, it's not a huge number of um, neuroscience researchers up there, but very good researchers, and we mm. do Well, Max Berry's them. one of them, isn't she? That's right, and Lynette Sapia. Okay. So, what's your role? You, when my we role? say director. Yeah, so I'm the director. Uh, my job is to direct, I guess. <laughs> um, so I've got an amazing team that work under me. Yes. Um, Ellie Adams is our outreach manager, communications yep. manager. Um, so she has a big role um, networking with the community and with researchers, mm -hmm. organising some of our events. Um, and then we have admin support. But other than that, it's pretty much run through a management committee of academics and early career um, researchers and students um, who volunteer their time to organise events. Okay. Now, when you say early career researchers, can you explain that to people? When we, like, when people hear early career, they tend to think 1920 <laughs> years yeah, of age. I still want to be an early career yeah, researcher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so early career tends to be defined as someone who is either a student yes. um, or someone that's done their degree study, so they might have done a BSc or a Master's mm -hmm. or a PhD and then moved into some sort of academic research. Okay. Um, so they're working in a lab day to day. Um, once you get up to the stage of having a permanent position, you tend to get checked off all the early career mm -hmm. um, paths, although strictly speaking it's up to about eight years post your last degree that you considered early career. Eight years since you've done your last degree? Yeah, so after your PhD is finished, it's eight years before you're not considered a, a early career so researcher. So probably 13, 14 years. Hmm, yeah. Gee. Yeah. Like I said, I wish I was still one. Yes, and I don't think people quite, you know, when you think about your own industry that you've worked in or working in, if you've done something for 14 or 15 years, you're considered quite an old hat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to move up through through the ranks. Yes. Um, but nowadays I'm quite envious of the early career researchers because the networks they've been able to form, mm. not just within the local universities, but right through the country, is right. just incredible. And they've got probably much better support and network systems than some of us older okay. researchers now. Yeah. Now, well, at least what we had when we were going through. Yeah, okay. So when you say support networks, what would they need support with? The, their, re their research or...? <laughs> their life in general, I right. think, actually. The work-life balance, what's expected of a, an academic researcher. Now, I've touched on this a little bit before, if you've been um, listening to this segment at all. It's Kelly Bain, if you've just... Um, dialed in from the Neurological Foundation and we're here talking with Associate Professor Stephanie Hughes from the Brain Health Research Centre or BHRC, it's a bit easier to say um, 
And what we're just discussing now is supporting people in their academic career. And what I have touched on before is that I don't think if you're not in academia, you realise how how the job engulfs you mm. is probably the best way I can describe that. Um, so when you say support, you mean because you're so passionate and you're in your lab and you just want to find that one wee thing and you find yourself still there at two o'clock in the morning. Yes, that can quite often <laughs> and quite easily happen. If it's not that, it's that you're working long hours to write research grants, right. to write papers. If you don't keep publishing and writing papers, then the old saying is publish or perish. So it's quite um, so, competitive. Yeah, it is really competitive. Um, I wish it wasn't quite as competitive mm. as it is. There's ways of working collaboratively that um, many sort of old school academics don't quite understand, I don't think. Um, but yeah, certainly most of us wake up in the middle of the night wondering about how we're going to solve the next problem. So <sighs> it's not something that's a nine to five job. So why do you think it is so competitive? There's so few positions um, right, and so many um, researchers coming through the ranks. It's just not enough positions and not enough funding. Okay. Um, our spend in terms of uh, gross domestic product in New Zealand is well and truly under probably about half of what it is in Australia. And even the Australians now are having issues with supporting all the people that want to get into research. Uh, so do you think... My first question is, is too many people wanting to get into research? No, I don't believe so. I think there's so much that we need to still understand and support. Yes. Um, that the more the merrier. Um, there's certainly enough work to support everyone. I was going to say, there's enough, yeah. To need, yeah. enough need out there, especially in our health system, to want to do better, find out better. Mm not just for your, the inquiring mind of the researcher or scientist, but for actually for the general well-being mm. of our community. And that's been showing up hugely by the COVID um, yes. pandemic and how much we've gained from science. So, and I think quite a few of the scientists, researchers, clinicians, all come under different names, um, related to the Brain Health Research Centre have been contributing to mm. some COVID research, haven't they? They have, yeah. The, the role of the uh, brain in COVID um, and how COVID um, impacts the brain mm. is still a little bit, I wouldn't say controversial, but not really understood. Um, but there is certainly evidence uh, with um, ang obviously anxiety and depression yes. um, is a big um, impactor with the COVID mm. pandemic at the moment, so... So I think, yeah, the brain certainly, or researchers and brain researchers have a huge role to play. Yes. Um, in understanding the, the pandemic. And the long-term effects, I think, a lot mm. of research. For example, in this country with the earthquake in Christchurch, you know, how many years are we now? And we're still just learning about the PTSD that people have been suffering. Mm. Yeah, and certainly long COVID is something that Absolutely. we still don't really understand. So um, we're just want to touch base on long COVID. People talk in the media of long... What is the difference in your, your understanding? So generally with COVID, um, you get symptoms, flu-like type symptoms. Yes. Um, you'll get over them within a few weeks. But a subset of the population that are affected with COVID will go on to have long-term effects. Mm. And from my understanding, it's similar to what you see 
with chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. That these these patients go on suffering for mm. a long period of time. Um, and there's still very little known about why that is. Well, it's so new, I suppose. Mm. And that what's the difference between someone who gets over it very quickly yes. versus someone who who suffers from long COVID? Yes, and that all the psychology behind it, of which you've got many people in the Department of Psychology at the Brain mm. Health Research Centre. Uh, Cliff Abraham's one. He's a eminent force, isn't he? Yes, he is. Um, yeah, there's a number of um, psychologists that are starting to work um, quite extensively in um, COVID-induced depression and mm. and psychological effects of COVID. Okay. So if people want to have a wee bit more of a look, because there are so many brilliant minds as part of the Brain Health Research Centre, and I know you won't say that necessarily <laughs> about yourself, but you are one of them. There's a lot of information on your website, isn't there? Yes, there is. Um, and I think, like the Neurological Foundations, you can then branch out, go down the rabbit hole and look at research, <laughs> find out different activity that's been happening and all the different people. Um, have you got any? Have you got any big plans? Oh, you're, well, you're doing Brain Awareness Month in next March. Yes, we'll um, be partnering a lot on that. So everyone, watch out for that. The Blenheim and Nelson is the week beginning the 28th of March, which sounds ages away, but um, it'll come in a blink. It will. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, quite big plans to branch out into a lot more schools. Brilliant. Um, next year, especially secondary schools. Um, we've done a lot with primary schools so mm -hmm. far, encouraging them into understanding the brain. Uh, but now we think it's time to go into the secondary schools and encourage them. Hopefully they'll be the future workforce um, that we need. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you to all the dogs. We have four of them in tow, so <laughs> they've all been brilliant. And thanks very much for listening to us. Thank you very much the Brain Injury Awareness, Top of the South. Um, hope you're enjoying our summer series. We'll um, come back to you again soon to talk with Steph next week, well, sorry, next fortnight, um, about her research in particular and what it means to New Zealand. Thank you. Many thanks again to our fantastic supporters at the Neurological Foundation for providing us with that interview and to our sponsors, the Nelson Clinic. Tune in to Heads Up, playing Thursday mornings following the BBC News at 9. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.